Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, we have to finish the book tonight because guess what? There's less than 10 chapters left. And Peyton, we have to shake her if she's going to fall asleep, okay? We're going to try and power through these chapters. We're going to save shout outs until the next book. We've got four more after this and they're so good so far. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. The name of this book is Secret, chapter 27. Sorry, I forgot. It's okay. I didn't know you wanted to say it. L, Dr. L. L for Luciano. L for long long lost brother. L for loathsome lunatic doctor. L for lying to their faces without the whole time. I mean, geez Louise, I can't read right now. How obvious in retrospect and how awful. Cass hadn't told Max Ernest because she knew he'd say that it didn't make any sense, but secretly she'd been hoping that hoping to save Luciano at the same time that she saved Benjamin. She'd imagine the magician's brother. She'd imagine the magician's Why did I just lose it? Okay. As an old, frail man with long gray hair trapped in his jail cell. Her plan was to free him, to tell him how much Pietro... Uh, how much Pietro loved him to make his last days happy ones. And all along, this make-believe prisoner had been their real-life captor. Miss Mavius, Cass knew, must have turned him in somehow when he was, or turned him when he was a boy. That means use the potions to turn him into what she is. Turn him against his brother, turn him into what he was today. But that didn't excuse him. That didn't excuse kidnapping or murder. To think Pietro had spent his life searching for his brother, who was no, who was nothing but a traitor. Cass felt pe- betrayed, personally betrayed. But what happened? He turned on his twin brother. And he, I think he killed his brother. Yeah, twin. Twin. Being a twin is such a miracle. I've always wanted to have... Not, I don't... I've never wanted to be a twin. I've always wanted to have a, like, a little sister. I've always wanted to be a twin. I think twin, like twins, it's such a miracle. It's like so magical. Okay, ready? Actually, yeah, I've always wanted to have a twin. Heck yeah, me too. I think everybody listening to this has always wanted to have a twin. Or like a triplet. What? Built-in best friends. So then, um, like, we can trick, so like, I would just say I'm like the only child to my friend, and then I'd be like, What's this? I'm a witch. Grab They're a stick. Like, Wait a minute. I thought you had a, a scar on your left eye. And then it's your twin sister. Okay, we've got to get back to the book. We're trying wait, to finish. I just, wait, no, I just get, I just grab a stick. bippity bobbity boo. And then my um twin comes out. And then I go, and then, then um I pick up the stick and I go, bippity bobbity boo. And then yep. my triplet comes out. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Okay, ready? And then, yeah. Max Ernest agreed that Dr. L deserved the worst kind of punishment. But he offered so many different ideas for what that punishment should be that Cass had to 
beg him to stop thinking of punishments and start thinking of ways to escape. Unfortunately, the latter was much more difficult than the former. In the two and a half hours since Dr. L had been informed that it had to be tonight, whatever it was, whatever it was, the spa had come alive with activity. The lantern on top of the pyramid previously dimmed now blinked on and off intermittently, flooding the spa with light and clearly broadcasting some kind of message, although Cass and Mask's Ernest were quite sure that the message was not Morse code. You know what Morse code is? Hmm. When people go tap, 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 if you see in like old-fashioned movies. That's how you can talk like that. Crazy. Through the window of Cass's room, they had a view of the spa's tall front gates. They watched the gates open every few minutes, each time admitting new guests drawn to the midnight sun lantern, like so many moths to a flame. Now, by now there had been at least 40 such arrivals, roughly doubting the population of the spa and filling the courtyards surrounding the pyramid with a strange and not very joyous sort of party. From a distance, it was difficult to tell why anything at the spa, if any of the spa's new guests had anything in common, save the appearance of coming from far-off places and far-off times or booth. One man wore a top hat with a waistcoat, and another wore an Arab kefaya. One woman came in an antique kimono, and another had come in a sari. Some of the guests had arrived in cars so old that they resembled resembled horse-drawn carriages. A few rode on horseback. The one thing that Cass and Max Ernest could tell was, whatever was happening tonight, these people had been waiting for a long time. Some of them were so desperate to get inside of the pyramid that they stood at the edge of the moat as if it was ready to wade across. Miss Mobius, more glittering than ever, mingled among them like a perfect party host, waving, greeting, gesticulating, she seemed all at once to be to be begging for their forbearances and stirring their impatience into a frenzy. Finally, a large bronze door opened the pyramid base and the pyramid ba at the pyramid base and it swung open and now the narrow bridge was lowering over the water as the crowd surged towards the drawbridge. Cass had a better view of the guests and she was able to confirm that they all shared one familiar thing. What do you think it is? White gloves. I think so, too. Hey, you see that? She said to Max Ernest. What? They're all wearing... White gloves. Yep, they're all wearing white gloves. On the other hand... Oh, on the other side of the window, their backs to Cass and Max Ernest, Daisy and Owen were watching in this, watching the same scene. Cass had been Wait, trying to... Daisy? Daisy and Owen are the people that um, were helping them. Remember, she, Owen was her butler and Daisy was a helper. Oh. Yeah. Cass had been trying to get Owen's attention for hours, hoping that he might have some sympathy for their flight. That she, that she hadn't imagined that a spark of friendship between them. Now that Daisy's attention was focused on the pyramid, Cass tried monitoring motioning to Owen again, but Owen refused to acknowledge her in any way, even though she was sure he could see her out of the corner of his eye. Just as bad as the rest of them, Cass grumbled. I don't know why I ever thought he was nice, 
She stopped talking in order to listen to the conversation that was taking place outside. Most important night of the year, Daisy was saying. Maybe the most important night of our lives, and we're stuck out here. G go ahead, I'll watch the k kids, said Owen. Really? Sure. One of us should g get to see w what's happening. I don't know. Oh, g go on. I'll stay in the b back. No one will see you, and I won't to tell anyone. All right, just for a second, but I'll come back before they're through, and thanks. As soon as Daisy left, Owen slipped into the room. Cass refused to acknowledge him. Dudes, time to bail, he said. There's a phone at an old ranger station three miles down, but you've got to steer clear of the road till then. Soon as Daisy's back, they'll be all over you. Cassie, Cass eyed Owen in confusion. It was like the whole new person he had walked, in, had walked into the room. Her butler had gone from stutter to surfer dude in 60 seconds. Who are you? She asked. Are you, are you like a spy or something? Or something. Here, tie me with this so they don't think I helped you, helped spring you guys. He held out a length of phone cord. Cass was glad to see his hands were bare and was the hands of a young person. Wow, I've never met any spy before, said Max Ernest. I knew spies were real, though. Well, I didn't know. Just tie me up and haul, Owen said. As it is, I put your chances at about 10%. Wait any longer and your butts are history. Cass and Max Ernest held up their bags and they'd already packed in preparation for an escape, but Cass wasn't exactly prepared to follow Owen's plan. We can't leave yet, he said, as she and Max Ernest stared winding down the court around Owen. You, you know the kid, Benjamin Blake? He's in the pyramid, isn't he? They're going to kill him tonight, right? Owen didn't say anything. He didn't have to. He goes to our school, said Cass. So that leaves more milk cartons for two. Cass didn't really, couldn't really tell if he was serious. Here's why we care. But here, uh, he's why we came, she said. Well, he's why she came. And she's why I came, Max Ernest amended, looking at Cass. Anyway, she's right. We have to save him, he quickly added. Reality check. Your children and there's hundreds of people in there. And these guys are so full on Spooksville you can't even imagine. I think we can, actually, said Max Ernest. We know all about the lobotomies and everything. Man, they got through with you. They get... They get through with you. You'll wish you had a lobotomy. Cass held up a scarf. Are we supposed to gag you with this or something? Owen nodded. And before he could say anyone, anything else, she tied it around his mouth. Thanks, Owen. Yeah, thanks, man, said Max Ernest. <laughs> Owen grunted in frustration. And the kids had done such a good job tying him up that he was helpless to stop them. By the way, said Cass, walking out, your surf talk needs work. Your stutter sounds more realistic. The spa was empty. Everyone was inside the pyramid. Even so, Cass and Max Ernest tried not to make any noise as they entered the hall of monitors. That was Miss Mavius's office. Better to be safe. There has to be a secret door here, she whispered. I've been everywhere else. It's the only place it could be. Max Ernest nodded and he... And a hundred reflections nodded with him. He and Cass both started walking around the periphery of the room and clockwise and counterclockwise, examining the edges of all of the mirrors until they met the middle of a wall and the opposite of the office door. Max Ernest stared at the mirror in front of them. Will you stop looking at my ears, said Cass. 
who was having trouble avoiding them herself. I'm not cutting them off. I don't care what anybody says. I wasn't even looking at your ears. I was just thinking that the pyramid's this way. Yeah, I think so. Well, wouldn't you want a window here to see it? I mean, unless there was something behind the mirror. Cass pushed on the mirror and it opened immediately. There was a flash of blonde hair. They both gasped. Miss Mavius, no, they... No, they saw when they looked again, it was just a wig sitting on a mannequin head. Oh, shoot, they don't even have hair. Must be an extra, said Cass, breathing hard. She wears a wig, said Max Ernest, sounding almost disappointed. Yeah, and probably a fake nose, too, said Cass, sounding almost like she was gloating. Cass closed the panel door and tried the next one. Behind it stood a wooden filing cabinet, such as you might find in a doctor's office in a previous century. Sitting on top of it, the filing cabinet was. I knew they took it, said Cass. The symphony of smells, Max Ernest started stare. Oh wait, Max, Max Ernest started to pull it down, but then Cass stopped him. It's too heavy. Let's get, let's get on this way out. Okay. But you don't have to, but don't you have to, don't you want to at least peek inside here, he said, indicating the file cabinet. Before she closed the second panel door, Max Ernest pulled open the door and started flipping through the files. Look, the Bogamo brothers. He picked out the file and opened with his hands. Old faded newspaper clips and clippings fell out, showing Pietro and Luciano performing in the circus as children. <gasps> it's kind of sad. Quickly, Cass and Max Ernest looked through the rest of the files in the drawer. There were about a dozen, each containing information on a different child. All the children were prodigies of the same sort. We're Magicians, artists, poets, mathematicians. A prodigy is like a um, genius of some sort. Like they, they started piano and just knew how to do it the best ever. Oh, I played yeah. prodigy. Hmm? I played prodigy. It's a game. Oh, that's funny. Um, of some sort of magicians, math uh, mathematicians, some of them born with such as 150 years ago. We had our computers at school. Oh. One file had a picture of a beautiful Chinese girl playing the violin. Cass and Max Ernest looked at it sadly, remembering the girl described in Pietro's notebook. Attached to the photos, you are turning around, getting ready to fall asleep. Mm -mm. Turn around. Attached to the photo was the newspaper clippings of detailed charts described the children's medical conditions. Almost all of them ended with the word deceased next to the date. You think she killed all of them? Asked Max Ernest. I wonder why she didn't kill Luciano. I don't know. Maybe she liked him too much and then he got too old or something. Or maybe she wanted a collaborator. Come on, we don't have any time, said Cass, shutting the drawer. Who knows what they're doing to Benjamin in there? The next panel was a door. Stepping through it, Cass and Max Ernest found themselves in a small vault-like library crammed with books, piles and piles of books, all of them you could tell at a glance, rare and priceless. I bet his par their parents are wondering where they are. Absolutely, yep. Some were gilded and encrusted with jewels. Others were studded with brass and bound with leather straps. Some looked so old that they'd turn into dust if you'd touch them. I was, it was just like walking into a treasure trove of books hoarded by pirate librarians. As Cass searched for the hidden doors and passageways, Max Ernest couldn't take his eyes off of the books. He started fumbling through them almost against his will. 
While many of them had bindings of great beauty, their insides held nothing but horrors. Even the most casual inspections of revealed etchings and nightmarish creatures like two-headed men and three-headed dragons, women with bat wings, monsters born in glass bowls. There was a fiery... There, there were fiery planets and stormy oceans. There were ancient maps and places that you should never go. Instructions for experiments that you should never try and memory keys for secret codes to best forgotten. Hey Cass, Max Ernest whispered over his shoulder, have you ever heard of alchemy? Sure, it's like wizard stuff, she answered from the other side of the room. Yeah, but there are real alchemists too. At least there were people who really tried it. Listen to this, said Max Ernest. Alchemy told us that all life is made of one thing. Traditionally, this thing is called philosopher's stone. Although it's not much of a stone as much as a secret formula. If they could only find it, alchemists believed that they could turn lead into gold and that they could make themselves immortal. Doesn't that sound like what Dr. L was talking about? Remember? The true science? <sighs> Where everything is one? Yeah, maybe, said Cass, not really listening. But come look at this. Okay, I have a confession to make. Max Ernest didn't really read the book passage out loud. He saw a reference to alchemy in a book and asked Cass if she knew what it was, then put the book down. Those words describing alchemy, I wrote them myself. You won't find them anywhere else, certainly not in a jewel-encrusted book in the library next to a pyramid. The thing is, I don't know how else to slip in information and you're going to need to know in order to understand the pages ahead. Also, I have to admit, I begun to care somewhat of you of small, very, very small degree. And what, what is that expression? Forewarned is forewarned. After all, being able to grasp what's going on in the book one is in, in a book is one thing. Being able to survive is another. You see, Miss Mavius' spa wasn't really a spa, or not only a spa. It was a home to one of the oldest, most powerful, and, and by far the most sinister group of alchemists in the world. They who call themselves the masters of the midnight sun. And while they had not yet discovered the secret, they had plenty of secrets already, and dangerous ones at that. If only Cass and Max Ernest had just the same advantage I'm giving you, then they might have taken Owen's advice and run home while they could. Instead, they've acted like heroes. That is to say, foolishly, without regard to safety or common sense. You, I trust, will not make that same mistake. Now, back to the story. I'm sure it leads to the pyramid. It's got to, said Cass, as Max Ernest joined her in the back of the library. She was standing in front of the bronze door embossed with golden Egyptian hieroglyphs. On the second thought, on second thought, let's have a chapter break. I know, I don't know about you, but I could sure use it. Oh, it's getting good. Okay, let's head over to chapter 12.